Welcome to the Confidence Lounge podcast, where we cover all things confidence in life and business. I'm your host, Elise Conroy, and I'm on a passionate mission to help thousands of women across the world feel more confident from the inside out, because not on my watch am I ever going to watch another woman do insecure life and business again. So if you're ready to become your most confident self, mama, or businesswoman, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So grab your favorite beverage, get nice and comfy, and get ready to receive today's confidence injection. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Confidence Lounge Podcast. How are we doing this week, my friends? I'm just getting back from vacation, and let me tell you, I have been just living my best life over here. I'm creating all these amazing things for you, going on fabulous trips, and this trip was one for the books. We went glamping, you know, I'm I'm a big glamper over here, so we went glamping up in Central California, and we actually camped on a river. I have never done this before, my whole entire life, and I highly recommend if you are into camping, go find yourself a riverside campground, because oh my god, the tranquility that came along from hearing that running water just flowing so freely all day was absolutely so soothing for my soul. And it was so cool because every time I walked out of our RV, I would look and the sun is in different positions and then the water is twinkling. All the trees are just so gently swaying in the wind. It was so nice and warm outside. It could not have been the just a more beautiful setting. And we actually ended up doing day trips every single day, which was so fun to just go explore the little town that we were camped by. And then we went up and saw the sequoia trees, which I've never seen trees that big in my life. And so there's a trail called the Trail of 100 Giants. And we went and hiked that. It was so perfect. The path was perfect for Micah. We had the stroller. We had Happy, our dog. And it was so cool because we just like casually walked through all of these giant trees. And there was one tree that had a circumference of 70 feet around. That just blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, but they've been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it was so cool just to think about everything that these trees have withstood in their life. All the fires, all the weather, all the erosion, all the bugs trying to attack the ecosystem. It was such a beautiful testament of strength and resilience and just being grounded in nature for an entire week. Oh gosh, I love being immersed in nature. It is just soul food for me. And when we got home, I did something that was kind of major too, which this is going to sound so, so for some of you, but I absolutely love fall. And one of the things that I was dreaming about last year at this time when I was pregnant is at this point, I was like about to have Micah. I was in level 10 misery. It was just like, he could not have gotten here soon enough. He was overdue. It was just, the struggle was real at this point last year. But one of the things that got me by is I, I spent a day painting a giant pumpkin on my belly. You know, I, I used to be a makeup artist before I started working in the beauty industry. And it was something so fun to me to just get out all my old stuff. And so I painted this pumpkin on my belly and I kept telling myself, okay, the one thing that I am holding onto that is going to get me through the pain of this is being silly with this makeup and envisioning what it's going to be like when I take Micah to his first pumpkin patch. So we took him right after we got back from our glamping adventure. We were literally home a day and then went with all of our friends. I had 19 women who were pregnant in my life at the same time as me. So I've got a lot of friends with little ones around Micah's age. So a bunch of us went to Underwood Family Farms, which is here in Los Angeles. It is the coolest place to take your family. If you are here in LA, definitely highly, highly recommend because there's animals, you know, there's all different types of food options. There's live music, there's corn mazes, there's lab there's of course pumpkin patch picking you know you get to do all the things but there are literally so many things to do we walked in I was like are we at Disneyland like what is going on but it was such a full circle moment for me because in those last couple weeks of my pregnancy like I said I was beyond miserable like I was like I can't do this for one more second okay kid come on and I thought he was going to be early but he played tricks on me and then I ended up having what's called pre-dromal labor which was basically going into hundreds of hours of labor and it never actually progressed into active labor so yeah 
this girl at this time last year was suffering. So to be in this space where I have fully turned the page, I'm settled into mom life. We're going and living our best life, taking these adventures again. I got to live out my dream of taking him to a pumpkin patch and watching him just run around freely through the pumpkins because yes, my child is running and oh my God, I'm exhausted. Like to all you other parents out there, how do you get through this first step when kids start running and, you know, just becoming fully mobile? Because this is a whole different level of exhaustion that I was not mentally prepared for. For. So send me help. If you have any tips, please email me, soulmakeupcustomercare at gmail.com. Send me all the tips that helped you get through this transition because whew, I need a nap. Okay, so not only are we doing that, we are now planning his first birthday, which is coming up in two short weeks. I do not understand where the time has gone. This has truly been the longest but shortest year of my life. And it is so surreal that it's only been a year, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, it's been a year. So it is just crazy. So we are going into it. I'm loving this time of year. I'm loving this energy that I came back in because I have so many fun things planned for you. And we are going to kick that off today with this series. And this series is all focused on being over it. So I know a lot of you out there are feeling over it. We're getting towards the end of the year. We're about to go into the holiday season. Things are ramping up. I know a lot of you are having year-end reviews coming up that are bringing you a lot of stress, and we're just stressed to the max, right? It's like we are at capacity. So that feeling of over it feels very, very real for so many of us. So I want to shed some light on something that I call the over it cycle. So what this is going to be is the next three episodes are going to be a series focusing on what I call the over it cycle and three specific elements of this cycle, because I find for a lot of us, we get into the cycle, we're in our 30s, we're our 40s, sometimes our 50s, and we're like, oh my God, how do we get here? But we're just feeling so burned out. We're on the hamster wheel of life, but we are spending our day overthinking, overworking, overperfecting, overconsuming, overexplaining, overspending, and this is leaving us feeling overwhelmed exhausted and over it, right? So I want to help you because for a lot of us, we we are here, we have arrived, this is now our reality. It feels very normal, but we don't like it. And we don't have any clue on how to actually get out of this cycle. So I mentioned the six aspects of the over it cycle. So for this series, we are gonna be focusing on three, overthinking, overworking, and overperfecting. Because these three things actually have something in common, and it is so important that we recognize this, and that is protection. So these three behaviors are things that we do to protect ourselves from feeling, from avoiding feeling some way that we don't want to feel. So we'll do things like overthinking to avoid making the wrong decision. We'll overwork because we don't want to deal with what's going on at home. We overperfect because that, in some way in our mind, we're like, oh, if we overperfect everything, we won't fail. So I want to shed light on this because I see a lot of you out there stuck in this pattern, and we don't realize that at the core of it all, our brain is just seeking protection, right? So our brain wants to feel safe, and it's doing these things, indulging in these behaviors in order to create the feeling of safety in our body. So you're going to learn so much more about this over the next three episodes. So we're going to cover in the next three, overthinking, overworking, and overperfecting. And my goal with this series is to really do three specific things, shed light and create awareness on the behavior and unconscious habitual cycles that you may or not realize that you are living in. The second thing is to show you the long-term effect of staying in these cycles and indulging in these behaviors. And the third thing is to teach you how to start changing these behaviors so that way you can get a taste of what life looks and feels like once you step out of living in the day-to-day over it cycle. Okay, making sense? All right, so we're going to focus first on over-perfecting. So where are all of my perfectionists at? I'm literally raising my hand because I am a recovering perfectionist. We talk a lot about perfection on this podcast 
podcast. So perfection in my mind used to be a good thing. And I think for so many of us, perfection comes from a really good place because we want things to be done right. We aspire for things to be perfect. But at the core of it all, perfection is not a good thing. So this is just to bring awareness to this. We're not going to shame ourselves. We're not going to judge ourselves. We're not going to criticize ourselves for being a perfectionist. We're just going to see if there is another way of living that is available to us that I want to introduce you to today that could serve us better. Because when we think about perfection, right, so many of us get into this space where we have set the bar so high for ourselves that it makes living up to our own standards virtually impossible. Does this sound familiar? I know this is definitely how I felt for so many years of my life because I truly just believed that imperfect was not an option to the point that it literally felt like there was some, you know, mythical imperfection police that were going to come get me. They were going to be like, oh my God, this girl is flawed. She is imperfect and we're going to send her to imperfection jail. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but I was really drunk on the illusion of perfection. And I truly believed that if I worked super hard, making every single thing in my life perfect, that it would guarantee that I would be happy and I would feel loved and I would be successful and make a lot of money and that I would be good enough, right? But in reality, living in this pattern of making sure I just overextended myself in every area of my life, both personally, professionally, friends, family, all the things, I had become this really stressed out, just complete stress case control freak that was trying so hard to keep up with this projection of perfection. And on the inside, I created so much immense pressure that I had truly become my own pressure cooker who was on the brink of exploding anytime. Like literally, I felt like an Instapot, right? Like you imagine what happens when a pressure cooker and Instapot loses its its top. It goes through the roof. And at any given moment, I was one second away from that being my reality. And I was having panic attacks all the time. I was so just on edge. And I really felt like every single thing had to be perfect. And if it wasn't, I would literally lose my shit. And I'm talking like Instagram captions, Instagram filters. It could be an outfit, hair, makeup, a Halloween costume. There was one year I remember I was dressing up as a Greek goddess and God forbid something went wrong with my costume. And I sat there and had a meltdown and locked myself in my apartment in front of my friends and would not leave the house because God forbid my costume was not perfect. And I ended up going out and having the best part of my life once I got over it. But this is literally how micro perfection went for me. It showed up in my house, in my car, in my job, in my relationships. Like there was no escaping this vicious cycle of perfectionism because to me, this was all I knew. And I only believed in my heart of all hearts that when I was perfect, that everything would be enough. But here was the funny part is I had no idea what perfect even meant to me. It's not like I had ever sat down and defined, okay, when I have this, when I make this money, when I have this job, when I wear this title, when I weigh this amount, whatever it was, like I never sat down and actually identified my perfectionism metrics. I never set my criteria of what perfectionism actually was for me. So what I was doing was constantly chasing a moving target. And there was no way when I was operating in this manner that I would ever achieve perfection because the target was always moving. There was no finish line because I was always extending the finish line. It was like I would get a promotion at work and I'm like, cool, this is what I aspired for. Okay, when's the next promotion coming? When's the next race coming? I never gave myself a second to even sit in the bliss of what I had created, of what I had worked so hard for because I was so quick to be on to the next because, okay, now I'm at this title and look at that girl over there. She's at this title and she's making this amount of money. I got to be like her. I got to be more perfect, right? And then I would just kill myself going back into this pattern again. It never ended and I was effing exhausted. So 
do you find yourself in the same place? Like, can you relate to what I'm saying? Is this your day to day right now? If you said yes, I want you to start by reading the book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I absolutely adore her. I think she is the queen. And this book is something I gift almost every single one of my clients who struggle with perfectionism, which is most of them. Because look, we're women and I live in LA. I work with a lot of women in LA. It is a very challenging place to feel okay being imperfect because the social pressure and the societal standards of beauty and success. I mean, you're literally watching wealth at every level in this city. So it is very easy to slip into the cycle of not feeling good enough, pushing yourself for more, feeling like you need to be perfect in every aspect of life. And if you can see, you know, for some of the you that I know this is a global podcast, I have women who listen all around the world. But if you've never been to LA and you go to some of like, let's say the areas like in LA proper. Uh, so let's say you go to the Grove or just like a Target in that area and you see the way that some of these women dress, like you would think they were literally going to a red carpet event. Like like the level of perfection is so high that even at Whole Foods, a grocery store, right? You see women literally treating that like it is their catwalk. It is their runway. They are just perfect in every area of their life. And that's how I used to be, right? Like I never would go to Target without makeup on because God forbid somebody would see me and know that I wasn't perfect all the time. And I think back to that version of myself and I send her so much love because I could not be farther away away from that reality at this point in my life. I'm like going out messy everywhere I go. Like if you could have seen how I just look to go get my pedicure, woof. But you know, that's how, that's how I look. Like I'm no longer consumed with needing to look perfect all the time. So if you were in that place, your first objective is to read this book because this book is really designed to help you let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you actually are. And my goal for every single one of you that listens to this podcast is to be so unapologetically confident in who you authentically are as a person. So if you want to live a, you know, as Brene Brown always says, this wholehearted life where you are just oozing authenticity, you've let go of all of the shame. There's no more pressure to be anything else other than who you are. Start by reading this book because this truly is a lifelong journey. And this is when we start the process of letting go of what people think, wondering if you're enough. And you have this beautiful book to serve you at every single level. And I've literally gone back to this book so many times and read it because it serves me at every aspect of my life. So anytime I see, because I say I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? But that it's just like, think about any, some, any person who had an addiction at that point of their life, you're still triggered. There's still urges to indulge in something that you did for so long that was a tool for you. And for me, perfection was a tool for a very long time. It kept me safe. It kept me safe from, in my mind, being disliked or judged or failing or being rejected because if I was perfect, none of those things would happen. But so I think about, you know, when those urges do come up, I'll come back and consult this book because it really just is such a beautiful diary and Bible to live by. So for you, where are you at right now with your relationship with perfectionism because step one of all of this is creating awareness. We can't change what we don't see. So changing the behavior, which perfectionism is a behavior, it begins by getting aware. So one of the things that I teach inside of the CAN program, which is my signature one-to-one program that I teach, I teach this formula called SPF. And SPF stands for success, perfection, and failure. And I find that for most of us, we all are, you know, especially the women I work with, we're so ambitious, we're high achievers, we're high performers, 
and we have this immense desire for success. We want our life to be perfect and we are completely immune and terrified of failure. So what I teach in this formula is to help you get clear on what does perfect actually look like to you? What does that look and feel like? And how will you know when you arrive there? Same thing with perfection or with uh, success. Same thing with failure, right? So I want to focus on this because for so many of us as adults, we can't change a pattern that we aren't aware of, right? And for so many of us, we've gotten into this place where we've lived our lives a certain way for so long that our thinking, our behavior, and our actions are all habitual at this point. So we're on autopilot. We're just doing what we do. We don't understand that there is another way out there, but yet we don't like our current reality. So because we've done things the same way for so long, we don't know how to do it different. And for so many of us, the idea of doing it different is so scary because there is, there's an element of unknown and we think it's going to be so hard and so uncomfortable and so painful. So we're like, oh yeah, I can't change that. This is just who I am. I am just a perfectionist. And it is now ingrained in us at an identity level. And that where that's where the work is, right? So I used to identify as a perfectionist. I would literally say that in job interviews. I would tell everybody I'm a perfectionist because that was like a badge of honor for me. To me, that showed somebody that I'm committed, that I'm going to do what it takes to strive for the best of the best. So I really saw that as a badge of honor. And I think for a lot of us, when we identify as perfectionists, we don't know who we are without that identity because it's become so ingrained in us. It's like hooked in us. And we can't see ourselves as imperfect because that feels like failure. That feels like, oh my God, I can't accept my flaws. But I promise you, it is always more painful to stay in this identity that is constricting you, that is holding you back, that is costing you time, that is costing you energy versus learning how to manage the temporary discomfort that comes along with changing a pattern in your life and learning how to see yourself in a different way. So when you can just step into being open and saying to myself, like, yes, I have identified as a perfectionist for a very long time. That was an identity that kept me safe. That was a form of protection because that's what nobody tells us about perfectionism is it's just a form of protection, right? So when we feel unsafe, we're like, okay, I got to go back to work and make all the things perfect because I'm scared I'm going to get fired. So I'm going to stay extra late and I'm going to put all these extra hours in because I've got to make sure everything's perfect because I need job security, right? So when we are living in this pattern and it is now how we identify this is just who we are, we've got to start asking ourselves why. Why is going to be such a pivotal question that is going to lead you to your universal truth? I think why is the most powerful question we can ever ask ourselves? Because when I got to the core, when I started asking myself, why why am I looking to be a perfectionist, right? Like, why is this something that is so ingrained in me? It all came back to things that I was offered as I grew up, beliefs that were handed to me of you have to look like this, you have to be like this, you have to make this amount of money in order to be successful, you have to have this partner in order to be good enough, you have to live in this area to be good enough, right? It was all these ideas and these condition, this conditioning that was handed to me that when I looked at it, I was like, actually, I don't really identify with a lot of that anymore. And for a long time, it served me really well, but I outgrew it. So where are you at with your journey? Why is being a perfectionist important to you? Why do you consider yourself a perfectionist? Why do you need to be a perfectionist? Like ask yourself these questions because it's going to show you so much. And I want you as your answers to come up, just be curious about it. Don't judge what's coming up. Don't shame your mom or dad for whatever they did or did not tell you you needed to be right. Like this isn't a place to play the blame game. This isn't a place to introduce judgment. We're just investigating. 
We are seeking the truth because when you can have those honest conversations with yourself, the rest of your life will absolutely change on the other side of it. If you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to stay in what I call the perfectionist spiral which is where you are going to have urges to perfect. And these urges are going to be a full body urge. If you've lived with perfectionism within the way that I have, these would overtake me and I couldn't even focus on anything else because I was so consumed with this urge and it was like, I have to scratch this itch right now. I have to indulge in this urge right now, right? So what it, what would happen is when the urge to perfect would come in, then we go into this idea of overthinking. Then the overthinking produces anxiety. Then when we start to feel the anxiety, we start to perfect to protect because we feel unsafe with the anxieties there. So once again, perfection is the protection that is going to create safety for us. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, is it perfect enough? Is it good enough? I don't know. And then here comes imposter syndrome. So guess what we do to try to correct imposter syndrome? We over-perfect again. So this cycle, it never ends. It's constantly urge to perfect, overthink, anxiety, protect to per- perfect to protect, to create safety, feel like an imposter, perfect some more. And this becomes our day-to-day cycle. And this not only shows up at work, this is showing up in our relationships. I've got to be perfect for my husband. I've got to be perfect for my kids. I've got to be perfect for my mom and dad because what are they going to think? I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to let, know that I really don't have it all together. I don't want them to know that I'm really not good enough, right? So these type of thoughts are always going to push us back into this perfectionistic spiral. So when we get into this place, what our brain is doing is trying to keep us safe from being judged or getting it wrong or looking stupid or failing or being disliked. And I know for me, that's where I would bury myself so deep in layers of perfection, right? Because I really believed that if I was perfect, then I would be loved and I would be accepted and I would be smart and I would be worthy and I would be successful and good enough and all the things, right? So at the core of it all, perfection is keeping us safe from feeling something we don't want to feel. So for you right now, If you are indulging in perfectionism, especially on a day-to-day basis, what is perfection keeping you safe from feeling right now? Is it something to where you're staying at work late because there is a part of you that still doesn't feel good enough and you believe if you just keep working and if you push yourself harder and you hustle more and you just grind and put your nose down and just stay buried in your work that all of a sudden now automatically you're going to feel good enough. So your vehicle to enoughness is through perfectionism. Is it something to where you feel the need to be the perfect mom? So you are constantly spending hours researching what this expert says and this expert says and reading this book. And now you can't even make a decision on what to do for your kid because, oh God, this person said to do this and this person said to do this. And now you don't even know where to go next because you're so confused. And guess what happens? A confused mind never makes a decision. So now once again, you're back in the perfectionist spiral where you are in that idea of overthinking, a feeling anxious, perfecting to protect, feeling like an imposter of, oh God, if I don't do the perfect thing, people are going to think that I'm a bad mom and maybe I am a bad mom. So then you perfect more and you put up more pictures on Instagram of how happy you and your kids are. But at the core of it all, you're hiding behind that and just indulging in so much overconsumption of information and still not making decisions, right? Is any of this sounding familiar? So I think when we get into this place of perfectionism. We find ourselves here because a lot of us grew up in a lifestyle with parents or our parental figures, whoever that was for you. And those people rewarded us for being perfect or for being high achievers. So our brains get wired at a very young age to think, if I'm perfect, I am safe and I am loved. If I am perfect, I will never fail. If I'm perfect, I will always be accepted and seen as good enough. And if I'm perfect, I won't have to feel vulnerable because everything will be perfect, right? So perfectionism is keeping us in this perpetual loop of stuck 
and success sabotage because instead of being out there doing, we're hiding, perfecting. So if you never get started, you're never going to arrive. But also, on the other hand, if you're never actually putting out work, you're never going to fail. So is perfection protecting you from failure? Is it protecting you from feeling judged? What feeling is keeping you in the pattern of perfectionism? One of the biggest gifts you can ever give yourself is to answer this question with honesty and love and compassion for yourself because this is going to be the vehicle that sets you free from living in this day-to-day spiral. Because for a lot of us, when we're living in this pattern, we're only going to feel good and feel like we're enough when we're receiving that outside validation or when we're winning or when we are in a place where it feels like everybody's praising us, right? So I don't want you to stay in this spiral because perfection perfectionism is going to rob you of the ability of living up to your true potential because you have such unrealistic expectations of what your life should be, how your work should be, how you should look. And when we're trapped in this, we're going to go to a level 10 when it comes to that fear of failure, because when we have that that fear, we're going to think, okay, I got to make sure it's all perfect because that's going to protect me, right? So if you are in this space, I want you to just get honest with yourself of how are you using perfectionism as protection and what is this keeping you safe from feeling? That is step one of it all. Step two, I want to help you identify the long-term effects of indulging in perfectionism by highlighting 10 specific things that will happen when you live a life of indulging in perfectionism. So when we think of perfectionism, because so many of us identify this as a positive trait, we're not actually looking at the negative impact on our life, both mentally and physically. So I want to talk about a few specific things, 10 things to where perfectionism over time can end up being extremely detrimental and why. So number one, is increased stress and anxiety. So I mentioned, right, I was level 10 anxious all the time, having so much stress just exuding through me. Like people would be like, oh my God, it's uncomfortable to be around you because you're such a stress case, right? So perfectionists, we set these unrealistically high standards for ourselves and that can lead to so much chronic stress and anxiety because we're constantly worried about making mistakes or falling short of our own expectations. Number two is procrastination. So it's so funny because when we look at this on the paradox, right? Perfectionism can also lead to procrastination. So it's like, yes, we can have all of these ambitions, all these high standards, want to do all these amazing things. But then because the bar is set so high, now we're procrastinating because when we set those high standards, it can feel so overwhelming. We can feel so much pressure, which feels so heavy. And that can lead to feeling avoidance, right? We don't, we just don't even want to deal with it. So we don't want to, you know, we avoid those tasks or those projects because we fear that we're not going to meet the standards that we've set for ourselves. And if we don't meet those standards, then we're not good enough and we're a failure, right? We make it mean so many negative things about ourselves. Number three is uncertain decision-making. So perfectionists a lot of times struggle with decision-making because we're constantly evaluating every single option for the potential flaws, the risks. We're worried about making the wrong decision. We're worried about, oh God, whose lives are going to get impacted if I make the wrong decision? Oh God. And what this does is it puts us into analysis paralysis, which leads to, once again, a mind being confused and a confused mind does not make a decision, which then leads us into decision-making paralysis. So no decisions are being made. And when no decisions are being made, we're not moving forward in our life. We're not moving the needle in our business. We're not making our relationships better. We're not living a full and robust life experience because we're in our head all day. Number four is low self-esteem. 
So perfectionists often tie their self-worth to their ability to achieve perfection. So that means when you fall short, when you see yourself as imperfect, if you fail, you're going to go into this major slump of feeling low self-esteem and you're going to be super, super self-critical. So that inner mean girl is going to come in hot. She's going to be like, who did you think you were to even do this? Oh, did you look in the mirror? Oh, who would even love you for looking this way? Oh God, did you think you were actually going to succeed? You're a joke, right? Like our inner mean girl is so nasty. And when she is coming in hot with all of these horrible things that she's saying, and for so many of us, we have this greatest hits album of horrible things that we say to ourselves every single day. That's of course going to take a detrimental toll on our self-esteem. So when you believe that you're not good enough and you're believing all these things that your inner mean girl is trying to tell you through this criticism and this negative self-talk, of course, your self-esteem is going to suffer. Number five is strains in your relationship. So perfectionism can be a mean animal (laughs) when it comes to your personal relationships and also your relationships at work because the constant need for perfection can create these unrealistic expectations for others. So when you think about if you're having, let's say, a constant argument with your partner and you're like, it just, it feels like you're not doing enough. You need to be doing this and blah, blah, blah. And you put them up on this pedestal to where no matter what, they're going to fail because you've set the expectations for them so high. There's never a way they can truly even understand what you even want from them anymore because the standards are so high. And for you, because you've never actually identified your criteria for perfection and, and you're always you know, moving the target, of course, they're never going to live up to your standards. So this can lead to really strong dissatisfaction in your relationships because you're going to have a difficult time forming that close connection because you're going to feel like nobody can ever live up to the standard that you set for them. Number six is we are going to talk about physical health problems, right? So the reason why perfectionism can lead to physical health challenges is because when we relate physical health challenges rooted in chronic stress and anxiety, this is why you see those two related. So this can manifest in sleep disturbances, high blood pressure, panic attacks, and even a weakened immune system because you're putting so much pressure, you're having so much mind drama going on, and you're mentally exhausted, right? Number seven is burnout. Perfectionists are wired to burn out, and I can't scream this loud enough from the mountaintops. Nothing is ever good enough, so of course we're wired to burn out, right? So perfectionists are at a higher risk of experiencing burnout because they often push themselves too hard. They're neglecting self-care. They're like, oh, I don't have time for that, right? It's I've got to work. I've got to grind. I've got to hustle. And they have a difficult time setting boundaries because you've got to be perfect for everybody, which also, here comes people-pleasing. Can't say no to that. Got to work more. Got to say yes to this family event. Got to go on this double date when I feel like that would just be, you know, it feels like social suicide and I don't even want to be with this person, but you know, all the things. So of course you're burning out. Number eight, reduce creativity. So the fear of making mistakes, of course, that's going to stifle your creativity. So perfectionists, a lot of times are reluctant to take new risks, try new things. And this can be really limiting for their personal and professional growth. Because think about the last time you were actually creative. And I'm going to give you an example. I was painting recently with my mom. She's super into alcohol ink art. It is so much fun. And so I sat down and I just let my mind go wild. And she's like, how do you just do that? And I'm like, uh, you're the artist over here. Like, I'm definitely not an artist. I'm a super creative person, but I do not identify as an artist whatsoever. And I think of my mom as such an artist. She's so talented. She's so crafty. And she's like, well, you just started going. Like, I needed a guide to go off of. And I'm like, why? Isn't that the whole point of being creative is just to, like, see where your mind takes you and just let whatever is going to be born be born? And she's like, no, you have to start with a guide and you have to make it match that. And if it doesn't match that, then it's not good enough. And I was like, whoa, perfectionist, mom, like, 
what's happening over here? But it was such an interesting thing to see the two completely different ways that we approached it. And before I would have hundred percent approached it, approached it like her because I'm her daughter. You know, she raised me to be like that. And we would always grow up doing crafts together and, you know, think about like with Pinterest now, like we would follow the recipe of the craft. And then if it didn't turn out like that, we would just, you know, throw it away because it was imperfect versus loving what it was and what it was for. And, you know, really focusing on the togetherness of it and the creativity of it. So we were basically selling ourselves this lie that it wasn't good enough because it didn't match the standard. But yeah, it could have been good enough if we chose to see it that way. So for a lot of perfectionists, it's hard to really allow yourself to be free creatively creatively because we're feeling like, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, I failed here. Oh, I look at that, that person's work and we're comparing it. Now we're in comparing despair, right? Number nine is inefficiency. So my friends, perfectionism is the biggest time-wasting activity. And the pursuit of perfection can really lead us down this path of spending excessive amounts of time and resources on tasks that could be completed with much less effort. So this inefficiency can really hinder productivity and progress. And I 100% did this in my corporate career. I would stay so late at work. I would make my team stay late at work, focusing on these insignificant details that truly in the big picture were never going to make an impact. They did not matter. But my desire for perfection was wasting everybody's time and energy and they literally hated me for it. (laughs) Okay. And our last thing, number 10 is missed opportunities. So perfectionists may avoid opportunities because they feel like, oh God, I might not excel at this or, oh God, I'm going to make a mistake. So why even try? And this can really limit their personal and professional growth and development once again. So all of these 10 things are limits. So it is so important to recognize the negative impacts of perfectionism. And if you identify with any of these tendencies, I really want you to deeply consider getting support from a coach, like somebody like me, a therapist, a counselor, because what we're going to teach you is how to set more realistic standards and really accept that perfection is nothing more than an illusion. It is something that is unattainable and that we are all imperfect. We are perfectly imperfect humans. And when you truly sink into this, your life is going to change profoundly because your mental and physical well-being and your overall quality of life is going to skyrocket because you're no longer killing yourself stuck in the spiral of feeling like every aspect of your life needs to be perfect. If I could truly like bottle up and (laughs) give you how I feel now, being on the other side of letting go of living my life as a perfectionist, you would literally take this and run 100 miles an hour with it because it is the most incredible feeling of freedom and liberation that I could ever offer you. And doing this work on yourself will not only be the biggest gift you ever give yourself, it will literally be the best gift for your children because then you're not going to be passing down this toxic cycle of perfectionism, telling our daughters that they need to be perfect, right? Like you can be the one that breaks this generational pattern and think about how effing powerful that is. Okay. Number three, our step three of changing the behavior. So we've talked about our first two steps. So first step is creating awareness. Second step is identifying the long-term effects of indulging in perfectionism. And the third step is changing the behavior. So it all starts with making the decision of saying, I am no longer going to identify as a perfectionist. I am no longer going to feed the urges of perfectionism. And I'm going to focus on progress, not perfection. So when you settle with these three things and you make peace with, it's okay if I'm not perfect because I'm imperfect human, right? We're all imperfect humans. Once you come along with that acceptance, when you you actually say to yourself, I'm going to make the conscious decision that when that urge to perfect comes in, I'm not going to indulge in it. And this is a moment 
decision, my friend. This happens in the moment when that urge comes and that urge is going to feel so uncomfortable. It's going to feel like the biggest itch that you want to scratch. And you're going to say, I'm choosing to no longer empower this behavior. And something I like to do when I'm really creating a radical transformation in myself and how I see myself is I will say to myself, I am not somebody that does that anymore because that helps to change things on a cellular level, on a self-image level, like rooting in the way that you actually self-identify. So when you say to yourself, I am choosing to no longer empower this behavior and I am choosing to be the woman that focuses on progress, not perfection, you're gonna shift so much faster because you're going to be so hyper aware that you're doing it and you're going to change your behavior in the moment, which is so powerful. So when you break free of the grip of perfectionism, this is really when you step into unlocking your full potential and leading a more fulfilling life. So what's going to happen on the other side of starting to change this behavior is you're going to start unleashing your creativity. You're not going to fear that imperfection is going to stifle you. You're not going to worry about getting it perfect. You're just going to embrace the exhilaration that comes along with trying new things, taking new risks, thinking outside the box. And you're really going to step into this belief that, oh my God, my unique idea is so good. It's beyond good enough. It's going to change the world. I have to do this. I don't even care if it's messy as I take action. I'm just going to get creative and figure it out. You're going to start embracing your mistakes and you're going to start seeing your failures, not as mistakes. You're going to start seeing it as feedback. You're going to see the failures as opportunities to grow and to learn and to become your next best self. Because to me, when I think about failure at this point in my life, I just think about it as feedback that informs my next success. So when you fall down, when you stumble, when you're on the ground, you're going to pick yourself back up and you're going to get up and you're going to be one step closer to success. You're not going to be sitting there beating the shit out of yourself saying that you're not good enough and you're destined for failure for the rest of your life, you're going to be like, yeah, this was part of the process. I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to see what worked about this. I'm going to see what didn't work. And I'm going to, you know, choose to apply all these learnings moving forward. And you're going to keep moving forward without that fear of failure. You're also going to start setting realistic goals for yourself. So for so many of us who are perfectionists, right, we want to aim high, but you also want to make your goals achievable. So this is where that fine line is, is because you still want to obviously strive. Like I still think of myself as a blue sky thinker. My dreams are so big that it would scare the shit out of most people. And I'm okay with that, right? But my dreams no longer need to be perfect. I don't root my dreams in perfection. I make sure that these dreams are something to where I can figure out how I'm actually going to do that. And once I set my mind to something, it's going to happen. And that's just inevitable, right? I really believe that once I've decided that this goal is achievable and it's realistic, I just start doing it. And you can choose to see it in that way too, right? Because I find a lot of women that I coach on perfection, they're like, but then it's just going to mean that I settle or it's going to mean that I'm a failure because I'm not aiming so high. No, you still aim high, (laughs) but you just make sure your goals are achievable. And an example of that is when I went on my weight loss journey, I lost 55 pounds and my perfectionist brain wanted to tell me I had to work out for an hour every single day because that's what previous fitness coaches had told me. That's what boot camps have told me. That's what exercise classes were. So I really believed that in order to have the perfect body, I had to work out for an hour a day. When I made my goal achievable, I worked out for 10 minutes a day and that's how I got to the point of losing 55 pounds because that for me was a no-brainer. Of course I can get up and move my body for 10 minutes a day. So I was still aiming for the same result. I just took a different route to get there that was actually an achievable way of doing that didn't set me up for failure and didn't burn me out along the way. 
Okay, another thing that's going to happen when you start to change the behavior is you are going to literally banish and evaporate procrastination because you're going to stop waiting for the perfect moment. The perfect moment is now. We only have the now. And when you get present and you start taking confident action, right? Like the CAN program, literally the acronym is confident action now. That is what I teach women how to do. And when you start taking confident action, you start working on your dreams, they're just going to transform into a reality. That is how this works. I can't make it any more complicated than that, right? Like people want to overcomplicate this. No, that is literally how you make your dream or your your reality. You stop waiting for the perfect moment. The moment is now. You get present. You take confident action. You work and then you watch your dream transform into your reality. It's literally as simple as that. And then what's going to happen in that process is your confidence is going to boost at the highest level because you're going to be taking action. And that is the space where confidence is generated when you take action. And that is also the space when you start entering the belief that you are enough exactly as you are. You're not going to be sitting there when you're taking action and doing all these things and all these things are happening, you're going to have no time to sit there and be like, oh, well, I guess I'm not good enough. You're going to be too busy celebrating your achievements, no matter how small they are. And in doing that, you're going to build your self-esteem and your confidence is just going to multiply as a byproduct of that. So truly, confidence is the key in reaching your full potential. And that comes when you start taking action. So A couple other steps in this that I really want to highlight that live on the other side of changing this behavior is you're going to start prioritizing your self-care because when you start to see yourself as just imperfect and you start being compassionate and you start being gentle with yourself and you start actually prioritizing your physical and mental and emotional well-being, you're going to think about like think about yourself like a high performance machine, right? Regular maintenance is essential in order for peak performance. Just like you take your car to the shop, you have to do these same things for yourself. Just like we plug our phone in every single night, you have to do these same things for yourself. And when you start getting into that space where you're no longer so focused on spending all of your time and energy on making things perfect, it opens up a whole portal of capacity and time to prioritize your self-care. And your self-care might come from building connections with people and nurturing meaningful meaningful relationships, right? Because we know perfectionism can really strain your relationships. But when you're in that place of just being authentic and living your best life and fueling your passions and really, you know, fostering those connections, that is going to lead to this deeper, more meaningful life. And that for me is self-care on such a high level. Because self-care at the end of the day, it's anything that truly recharges you and refills your cup. And that's where we start to find balance, right? When we are in this place of just killing ourselves, trying to make everything perfect. Of course, we're not having any sort of balance or harmony or peace in our life. And we're not seizing the opportunities because we're in this frantic space of being reactionary and feeling once again, like we've got to over perfect everything. So when you are in this space where you are just allowing yourself to just accept you exactly as you are, flaws and all, you're prioritizing your self-care, you're investing in your relationships, you're doing things you are passionate about that bring you joy, you're not waiting to take action, you're setting realistic goals, and you're not stopping yourself from making mistakes because you understand they're just a normal part of the process, you're going to seize every opportunity that comes at you and you're going to be in the most aligned magnetic energy that whatever opportunity is meant for you is going to present itself with ease. So you're not going to be in the space where you're like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know where it's going to go. You're just going to know, oh my God, this is a new chance for growth. Yeah, I'm going to lean into this. So 
when we are in the pursuit of perfection, it can sometimes really blind us to the beauty of imperfection. So I want to encourage you to start embracing your flaws, to start learning from your failures and your mistakes and not letting them define you or make you, you know, make them mean horrible things about you because this is going to be how you let your unique, beautiful, authentic self shine through. And when I talk about confidence, this is an inside job. I mean, you can put on all the makeup, you can lose all the weight, but if you still aren't doing this work on you to release the shackles of perfectionism, you're still going to be standing in the mirror, warning against yourself. You're still going to be staying at work late, killing yourself to make sure everything's perfect. I want you to be in the space where you have so much love for yourself, so much acceptance for yourself and the energy and the inspiration to achieve with greatness, right? That is when the world is going to receive your extraordinary contributions. So when you need, when you let go of the need to be perfect, this is like, I think of, and this might be a cheesy example, but this is like unleashing your inner superwoman, right? And giving the world a taste of your greatness. So I think when we do that, some really beautiful things happen because we're not in a place where we're using our energy and our resources to only feed perfectionism. So what's going to happen is you are literally going to activate your Zen mode. (laughs) So goodbye to stress and anxiety. When you ditch perfection, you are going to unlock Zen mode. And I like to think of this as Zenergy, right? Like you still have energy, but you're Zen, you're calm as you're doing it. So imagine yourself just like lounging in a hammock with a tropical drink, living your best life without a care in the world, dreaming up the most remarkable things. And then you actually have the energy to do the things, right? So when you're in that space, you're going to activate that Zen mode and you're also going to supercharge your imagination. So imagine if you were in a space where you allowed yourself to dream without boundaries, to dream without perfection, to just be free from the perfectionist change, you are going to become the fearless explorer of ideas. So I want you to think about yourself as somebody who is just the fearless explorer of the unknown. The unknown doesn't scare you because it can be messy. It doesn't need to be perfect. And where your imagination doesn't have a limit and doesn't have a boundary. I think all of us are limitless beings. And I think we do not spend enough time indulging and activating our imagination, indulging and dreaming because we are so worried about, oh, what if this doesn't work out? It's got to be perfect or else it's not going to work out, right? And we literally set ourselves up for failure and we just shit on our dreams before we even have a chance to start thinking about it and building our dream and letting it be something that we get behind, right? So when you are in that space where you let go of the perfectionism, those are a couple things that are going to happen. And the third thing that is going to happen, and this is my favorite part of it, is you are going to unleash the fun beast. <laughs> so- Imagine just letting this beast of fun, like your inner party animal come loose because as the perfectionism fades, you will be free to sing and to dance and to just relish in all the beauty of life. And every day is going to be such a beautiful opportunity to live your best life and have so much fun and joy in the process. And I found... This was actually one of the biggest changes that I made on the other side of letting go of perfectionism. And I'm going to give you a really silly example, but I (laughs) went through this period where I was always so consumed with what every single person in the room was thinking about me. Like literally I spent so much time on strangers' opinions of me, which is so crazy to me to think that I gave them so much weight and so much validity in my life. Literally this was a stranger that I was never going to see again. So I would never do anything that was going to attract attention to me. I was never going to do anything 
anything that made me look crazy unless I was with a group of people that I felt safe with because then I was just, you know, having fun with my friends. But I went to this event and there was this silent disco that was going on and everybody looked a fool. Like literally I'm watching this. I'm like, oh my God, this is such a hot mess, but it's so good. And my inner perfectionist was like, don't go out there, Elise. Like you're going to look so stupid. Like everyone's going to think, oh my God, this idiot, what channel is she dancing to? Oh God, look at her, you know, crazy dance moves. Like I literally almost talked myself out of doing it. And I was like, no, this is a growth opportunity in the moment. Put on the damn headset and go dance like a crazy person. And I unleashed the fun beast at level 10. Like literally there was a whole entire circle around me. Nobody knew what I was dancing to, but we were all like just dancing in it together. Like that energy, that fun, it was so magnetic. It pulled everybody towards me. And that is literally one of my favorite ways to live every single day of my life. Now I, fun is one of my biggest core values in life. And when you unleash the fun beast, (laughs) because you are no longer worried about looking stupid or having people judge you, like you just don't care. And you know, what's interesting is I used to look a lot at people's eyes, like looking to see if anybody was looking at me and like waiting for them to make a face about what I was doing. I don't do that anymore because I literally don't give a fuck. I don't care because I'm too busy having fun and enjoying my life to worry about what anybody in the room thinks about me. And it is such a free way to live. So I want you to unleash the fun beast. Let your inner wild thing out. (laughs) Just give yourself the experience of not going home afterwards and being like, oh my God, I looked like such an idiot. Oh my God, those people are probably laughing at me. Oh my God, I'm going to be a meme someday because I looked so stupid and someone's going to post a video on the internet and then I'm going to go viral and oh my God, like literally stop it. Stop it. So when you are in this place where we are just letting all the perfectionism go, this is when my love, you are going to start living your best, most authentic, most joy-filled, happy, confident life. That is what I want for you. So if you are feeling over it right now, I want you to activate your Zen mode. I want you to supercharge your imagination. I want you to do a self-confidence rocket boost. And I want you to unleash the fun beasts. Because these are all parts of that beautiful epic quest of letting go of perfectionism. And your world and your whole entire life is about to get a whole lot funner, a whole lot more entertaining, and overall just amazing. So give yourself that gift. Give yourself that gift of just breaking free from the chains of perfectionism now. Do not wait. Do not wait another 10 years and think, oh God, I I listened to that podcast from Elise like forever ago. I'll start working on that someday. No, the time is now. When you are in that space where you, actually, you know what? Let's just picture something for a second. I want you to picture yourself as this fearless woman, your most free version of yourself who is about to embark upon this thrilling adventure where you feel so alive and you are going to discover your true self. Because that, my friend, is the adventure that you are about to embark upon when you release perfectionism's grip. This is when you unlock a world of limitless possibilities. And this is what I live to teach women every single day inside the CAN program. Because when you are in that space where you are no longer shackled to the chains of perfectionism, you are unleashing the most incredible potential within you. You are opening up a whole new portal of life where you don't have to be perfect. And there is so much liberation that comes along with that. So you've seen the benefits of setting yourself free. We've talked about this, right? Less stress, improved mental health, improved emotional wellness, creative exploration, having more fun, thriving relationships, higher self-esteem and confidence, right? 
So this is what lives on the other side of perfectionism. And if you are in a space right now where you don't know how to get there on your own, I want you to stop waiting and I want you to lean in and get help. So whether that's you start working with me, you hire a therapist to keep you or to help you get out of the space of whatever's keeping you in the chains of perfectionism, work with a counselor, whatever it is, whatever you are called to do, whoever you are called to work with, trust that and go work with them to free yourself of that. Because in that space of doing that work on you, you're going to start living your best life. You are going to be unburdened by the heavy, heavy weight of perfectionism and your future yourself is going to be standing there giving you the biggest hug, thanking you for taking this bold step, living in a more alive, brighter, joy-filled future. So can you commit right now with me today, not tomorrow, not a year from now, not, you know, when you're on your deathbed of, oh, I wish I could have, right? Like, are you able to commit right now to taking confident action to release yourself from the chains of perfectionism by doing what I just told you and investing and giving yourself that freedom? If you said yes, I want to celebrate you. And if you said no, I just want you to get curious on why. Why not? If this is something that is impacting your life and it is holding you back from being the woman you want to be, feeling how you want to feel every single day and living your best, most confident life, why not? Just why not? Just answer that for yourself because at least then you'll know. At least you'll know the limit that you're up against that you need to work on and that in itself can set you free. So if you are listening to this and you want to work together on releasing the weight of perfectionism and no longer operating in the overt cycle, consider this your invitation to come work with me inside the CAN program. This is my three-month signature one-to-one program where we go deep into releasing perfectionism and making this behavior no longer a part of your day-to-day reality. So I know exactly how to help you. I'm an expert in this area. I've also done the same work on myself. So I've got you every single step of the way. And all you need to do to get started is visit soulmakeup.com and book your one-to-one strategy session with me. And we'll basically just talk for an hour. I'll cover exactly how I can help you. I'll cover where all your growth opportunities live. And then we will decide at the end of the call if we are a fit to work together. And even if you say no, at least you will leave this call with so much insight, so much clarity, and you'll know exactly what it is that is keeping you in the cycle of perfectionism and what you need to do to get out of it. So you are more than welcome to take me up on that offer to have that conversation with me because this conversation in this hour has the potential to change the course of the rest of your life. So why not? All right, my friends, we will be back over the next two weeks. We are going to be talking about overworking and overthinking because these are two other protection mechanisms that we indulge in to keep ourselves safe, but they are also barriers that are keeping us from living our best and most confident life. So stay tuned for that. You are going to love what I have coming for you next. Oh, hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If this helps you, I would love for you to share the gift of confidence with a friend because this is how we all grow. So share this with your girls, a coworker, a fellow mama, or your fam on social media because we all need support in our confidence journey. So sharing can help us heal, feel better, and take steps to grow now. Also, I'd love if you would drop your rating in. Ratings and reviews help me so much more than you realize. 
And if you found yourself listening today and thinking, I need professional support, I would love to invite you to join the CAN program where I will teach you how to take confident action now. If increased confidence is what you want, this is multiple months of dedicated you time where we will do the deep work on you to create your most confident self, both personally and professionally. Because once you know how to generate the feeling of confidence from the inside out, the possibilities become endless and your results become inevitable. This is the most valuable investment you will ever make in yourself. And I cannot wait to see who you become on the other side of doing this work on you. So visit me at soulmakeup.com to learn more or come be my bestie on Instagram. You can find me at your soul makeup. See you next time.